just a little bit over a year ago, year and a half ago, uh, Crash gave me an invitation. I'm not sure if Crash is here. Is he in here? Oh, there, there he is. So I won't embarrass you too much. If you weren't in here, I might have said a bit more. No, I wouldn't have. Uh, a bit over a year ago, uh, Crash gave me an invitation to come with him to meet the Australian basketball team before they headed off to the Olympics. I've had a number of invitations from a lot of people, but this was one of the best invitations I've ever had. I've got lots of photos, but I'm not going to bore you with my slideshow of meeting the different basketballers, but it was just the best thing to think that I was in the presence with some of these guys that I just love watching play basketball. And just for a minute or two, I thought, wow, I'm, I'm in the presence of greatness when it comes to basketball. When it comes to prayer, we, we have this incredible invitation, this privilege to pray to the living God. It's one thing to get excited about having, um, having some nice chicken with Andrew Bogut or Paddy Mills. Some names, people, you wouldn't even know who they are, but they're great basketballers, to so share a meal with them. But it's another thing altogether to think that we have this invitation to be able to pray to the living God. The God who's created every great thing. As we look out of the window, even if you look out of the window for a minute, some of you do this sometimes throughout most of my message, but that's okay. You look out there and you see the, the amazing creation of God. And this is the same God who gives us the invitation to speak to him. And the Bible talks about this. Now, I just want to say, if you're here this morning, you're unchurched, you don't normally come to church and even this morning you stand up here and you think, well, they put on a band for me each week, this is great. I'm not sure. But if you come along, well, as a follower of Jesus, we truly believe that, that, that this is an, an invitation that's given to us, uh, an, an opportunity to speak to the God who we follow, our faith is in, who loves us so much, that, that we actually have this privilege of talking to him and he hears everything we say. So if you're a follower of, not a follower of Jesus, this is what we're talking about this morning. And the Bible gives us this invitation. I just want to read a few verses to you as we uh, just talk about this this morning. In 1 John 5, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's a really important thing just to hear, that if we ask anything according to his will, so it's in line with him, so the prayer of, can I win the lotto next week, is probably not where we should be going with our prayers. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, he hears you. In James it says, is any of you in trouble? Any of you going through difficult times? Let them pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I've quoted this a few times while I've been here. Pray continually. Don't stop praying, keep praying. Ephesians says this in Ephesians 6, and Paul's saying this again, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, 
Be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. I love always keep praying. Don't stop. Even in the most difficult times. Prayer should be the most important conversations as a Jesus follower that we have. Conversations with our Heavenly Father. The most important conversations that we have. How many of you, though, would say, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, yet I don't probably pray as I should? Why is it that we know that we have a God who answers prayers, the prayers of his children, and yet so many of us don't pray as we should or could? I think there's a few reasons why. I think priority is one of those reasons. As most churches, if not all churches, the least attended uh, ministries within the church or happenings are prayer times. Some people, though, honestly would say, and they say it to me, so I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray, or is what I've got to say, is God really even interested in me? And what I've got to say to him, it's probably, probably not, so it's not worth saying. Maybe you're a bit like me even, you have great intentions when you pray. And you could be praying for something, you're praying for a need in the world, a country that's in need of food and all of a sudden you start to think, oh, I'm hungry. And you think, how did that happen? How did I end up, I'm praying for something else and now I'm thinking about what's happening for lunch. And all of a sudden you think, that's not right, where's my mind gone? I remember when I was uh, in, uh, living in the Philippines, we had a group like Sumo, where the years six to eight go out. And uh, in our group, we would do this at the very end of the time. Our Sumo leader, our Sunday school leader, would get us all in a circle and we would all hold hands to pray at the end. Now, when you're uh, 12, 13, 14 and you're holding hands uh, with others, uh, it probably doesn't go so well. And some of us would would make sure whoever's hand we were holding, we would just hold it so tight that the blood would not get through their hands and their fingers and all those. And I think back of that now, I think, what was I thinking? What was I doing? This was a prayer time and all I wanted to do was to see if someone's fingers would literally drop off. Sometimes we get intimidated by other people's prayers. We're in a group and people are praying and you think, well, Sounds like Moses' little brother praying. This is unbelievable. God, I hope you're hearing this prayer because that deserves to be answered. But there's no way I'm going to follow that prayer. They use words that would win high points in Scrabble. You think, what, what are they saying? God doesn't want to hear my prayers. My prayers are too simple. Maybe... Maybe you can relate to some of that. But I believe through the prayers of Paul, as Andrew looked at last week and we look at again today, that the God, through looking at these prayers, he can actually teach us how to pray or encourage us to pray or look at a new way of praying or, as we want to speak about this morning, to be bolder in our prayers. I think so often we can make... The mistake of our prayers can be too small. 
Our prayers can often be too general. When we pray to God, I believe so many of us, our prayers can, can be at times too small, too general. That it can, God's saying, be bigger, be bolder. Some of us have fallen into the trap of saying, God, thank you for this day. Bless me and bless this person. I'm saying, well, have a look outside. I've already blessed you. Just look out there. Look where you live. Look what you have. I'm blessing you. God be with me today. He's already promised that he's never going to leave or forsake us. Be with me as we travel to the Dandenongs, God. Well, I'm not gonna, nothing totally wrong with that, but he's already said that he's not going to leave you at any time, let alone when you're travelling to the Dandenongs. Small prayers. I want to encourage us this morning as we look at this prayer, and as we look at Paul and as we think about prayer, that we would want to pray... Bigger prayers, bolder prayers, have greater faith in the prayers that we pray. That God can do what we might think is the impossible. Sometimes we do find ourselves going, I can't bring, that's just impossible. I like the example that I read this week. It's a story about Martin Luther, who is the father of the Reformation. And he had a friend named Friedrich Myconius, who was his assistant and kind of helped serve him as he, Luther, was undergoing the enormous task of reforming the church in the 1500s. Well, in 1540, Myconius, his assistant, fell deathly ill. And while he was on death's bed, he wrote a, a farewell letter to Luther, saying, The end is near, I love you. Well, Luther didn't stand for that. Instead of praying a little prayer, may the Lord comfort you, he, he prayed, he wrote back this massive prayer that he was praying for Myconius. He says, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of the reforming of the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Boom. We didn't write boom, but boom. <laughs> now that is a big and specific prayer. What's even crazier is Myconius had already lost the ability to speak. When he heard this letter and engaged his faith and miraculously he was supernaturally healed. He lived six more years and he actually died two months after Luther passed away. Now there's a specific response to a specific faith-filled prayer. Does that mean every time we write a prayer to, in that situation to someone like that, in that health situation? No, it doesn't. But what I do know is that God answers big specific prayers in his perfect way. So it shouldn't stop us, our small little minds, putting something before God that is a big, what we would say is a big prayer for us. It's not a big prayer for him, but it's a big prayer for us. As we know with Paul, he was originally Saul and he was the guy who persecuted and he hated Christians. 
But yet through the grace of God, he was transformed. And he started planting churches. And he would plant churches and then he would go on from there and he would start more churches. And he would write letters to them. And, and we are looking at some of his prayers over these weeks. And he would write these prayers and he would send these prayers through to them. And he wrote this letter in about 60 AD and he was actually in a prison cell as he wrote this prayer. And he started this prayer this way. Let's, if you've got your Bibles there, feel free to keep them open there. He says, For this reason I kneel. It's important then, as we think about this, that how we pray, the posture we find ourselves praying in, is okay. The, it's okay to be comfortable in the posture you're praying in. Even in this morning in our prayer time at 9.40, there was a number of us sitting down, but one person was standing up. You can pray standing. You can pray sitting. You can pray laying down. Some have asked me, is it right to pray in the car? Well, I'd encourage you with the words of Jesus, watch and pray maybe. That might be a worthwhile experience. But it did remind me of a little, uh, a little um, picture someone sent to me that sort of refers to prayer that was on the back of a bus. And it says this, if you want to talk to God, stop, find a peaceful spot and talk to him. If you want to see him, text while you drive. There you go. <laughs> anyway. I'm not showing that a few weeks ago, but anyway, I can now. There we go. But that's a, it's, well, we can pray. Paul was kneeling when he prayed. You know, it wasn't uncommon, uncommon for a Jewish man that he would stand up, his palms open wide, and he would pray like this. You know, sometimes I think we might find a place and people are praying and some are standing up and going, ooh, weird. No, no. Pray in a position. What's most important is this, is that you are centrally speaking to God and he is your focus. But, it, you know, I've been in situations where people have said, let's pray holding our, our wallets or holding our purses as we pray for our, uh, in what we give to God. And I think that's okay because it puts a focus on what am I doing? What am I giving to God? But whatever it is, it's a focus on God. In this case, Paul is kneeling before the Father, before God. For this reason I kneel before my Father and I pray. I pray that out of God's glorious riches. Paul's praying to a glorious, rich, not earthly rich, gloriously rich God, full of spiritual, spiritually rich gifts. Earlier on, Paul had said this, I thank my God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. God's made available to us every possible blessing in the heavenly realms. And this is the God whom we pray to. It just makes me think sometimes as I reflect on this, even as I write this message, I can't help but take myself to how I pray sometimes. Even around the table when we pray for food. This is the God that we come before in prayer. He says, my, my God will meet, he says in Philippians, as we've heard, but my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches. He is a rich God. So we serve an infinitely spiritually rich heavenly father 
Yet many of us are living like spiritually impoverished children. We serve a God who has every spiritual blessing available to us and he desires, he actually desires to give those blessings to us, to you, to me. There's an invitation there to you. God delights in blessing his children with every spiritual blessing within the heavenly realms. And that's why it's so important as we think about this, as we pray to God, that we are reminded then we, we're giving it to God. We can fall in the trap sometimes of, I, this God, here's my prayer, answer it this way. This is how I want it answered. But let's remind ourselves that God is perfect and his answers are perfect, which aren't always in line with what we would like. But they are still perfect. Paul says, I pray out of these glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power. Power. Power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. And this is the reason that he prayed this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that God may strengthen you with power. This word power, this actually is, is a translated word dunamis, which is the, the word we get dynamite from. This explosive, this miraculous power of God. It's not like a human power. It's the power of God. So Paul is saying, I pray that that he may strengthen you with explosive, miraculous power of God-type power. That's what I'm praying for you. And that's what we have the invitation of asking as well. And folks, I need that power. Personally, I need that type of power. I desperately need it. I desperately need it in, in, in my role as a pastor. I desperately need it in my preaching in my role as a husband, as a role as a friend. For some of you, you desperately need that power as you go through the, the health situation that you face. Some of us desperately need that power to overcome the temptations that we continually battle with, that continually let us down, that we think I should be beyond that now. We've got to pray, God, God, I need your power, your strength. I need it. I pray that out of his glorious riches that may that my God would strengthen you with power. It's available to you. Tap into it. Ask for it. Paul says, I pray not that you will be blessed and saved, but that you will have the power so that the presence of Christ may dwell in your heart. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Man, if I wanted my roots in anything, it's the love of my Saviour, Jesus. That's where I want them. That you being rooted and established in love may have what? You may have power. Power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high and deep the love of Christ is. This is what's crazy. 
You cannot naturally understand God's love. It's supernaturally revealed. Our finite minds don't have the capacity on our own to comprehend just how much God loves us. Folks, that's why I I do and I hope others of you do and if you don't, I I pray that the most important thing for my, my kids, no matter how old they are, will always know and understand that God would give them the power to understand how much he loves them. Because I think if that, if that gets into their psychic and it gets into their mind and their heart and every part of their body, then they don't get so caught up in what's going on in it when it comes to being accepted within the world. Because it starts with, hey, listen, I'm accepted by God. And that's enough. I don't need to live for the approval of people. I've already been approved by God. That's why we should be praying for one another. Those who we love, those who dislike us, that they would understand how much God loves them. You know, it's impossible and I fail miserably when I talk about the love of God. I don't have the vocabulary to give it justice. On the screen it says this, with God's love, with God, love is not what he does. Love is who he is. It's the essence of our God. God is love. For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus. It's not just though what he does, it is who he is. And when you recognise that is who he is, then you can stand within the strength of there's nothing I can do that will cause him to love me more. There's nothing that I will do that will disappoint him and he will love me less. He doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who he is. And and when that, in a sense, overtakes you, you, suddenly Christianity isn't something that you just do on a Sunday between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. It becomes the essence of who I'm called to be. I am a Christ follower. I have power that dwells within me so that Christ actually lives in my inner being. Suddenly, I'm not living for, in a sense, the lower things of this world. You know, the people that I know, and some of you sit here this morning, who, who live with this, in a sense, this, this inner dwelling of Christ in you and, a, and an understanding and acceptance and, and a, a life that lives of knowing this, of the love of Christ. There's a calmness about you. doesn't mean when bad news hits that you're still just joyful and happy, but there is a peace 
we, we, we are living underneath a spiritually, gloriously rich father. And yet, at times, we can live as spiritually impoverished children and we haven't tapped into what is available to us as children of the Heavenly Father. One of the most important prayers that you can pray for anyone, and especially those that you love, is that they may have the power to understand just how much God loves them. That's what Paul is praying there for those churches in Ephesus. And as I read that and I read it to you, that is the prayer for this church here too. That we would be filled to the very top. You know when petrol gets to like 99.95 or something? You know when it gets to 99? No, shake your head because it never does. But, but when it occasionally does, we just cannot get to that petrol station quickly enough, can we? We just... We text each other, petrol's $1.10 in our family. It's only $1.10. Quick, fill up. Top it to the very top. Get, get it right to the top. Why are you there? Get me some chewies. <laughs> you know, we waste the money anyway. But, but fill, fill it right up. So it's, you start your car and you just watch that little gauge just go. And you just are so excited, aren't you? Okay, maybe it's just me, but uh, I need to get a life maybe, but anyway. But in a sense that you would be filled with the love of Christ and then the power of God would fill you with that love of Christ that in a sense your gauge of understanding and belief and living like, knowing you are loved by Christ is at its very fullest. Someone once asked the famous trumpeter Louis Armstrong one time to explain jazz. Louis, tell us about jazz, they asked. Can you explain jazz to us? He looked at them for a little bit of time and he said, if you've got to explain it, you ain't got it. If you've got to explain it, you ain't got it. If you have to try to explain the love of God, it could be that you haven't been immersed in it. You haven't been overcome by it. You know, I pray that many in this church would really have a deeper and a more meaningful spiritual encounters with the Holy God. And we don't talk about this a lot in the Baptist church, maybe as we should. That it just wouldn't be singing a song at church but it would actually be believing and deeply understanding, accepting and to be joyous of it, that I'm actually dwelling in the presence of the Lord Jesus here. That I'm hearing his voice, his spirit is guiding me. When I read his word or I listen to his word, those words just jump out of the page at me. And I'm convicted by them and it leads me to the right places. I read a little story on Charles Finney this week who was a famous evangelist in the 1800s and he was a follower of Jesus and he had uh, had a deeper encounter with God. 
And this is how he described it. He said, The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. And I, couldn't, and I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. It, it, indeed, it seemed to come. It seemed to come in waves after wave after wave of liquid love. Waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. It came in waves and waves of liquid love. As, as I listen to that, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful image for me. It just, another wave rolled in, another wave of love, another wave of God's, another, another, another. I love, I love watching the surfing. I can't even stand up on a surfboard, but I love watching it. And a surfer always says these words, there's never the perfect wave, which I think for them, I think it's a bit of an excuse just to go out again and again and again. But, but this wave after wave after wave after wave of God's love. I pray, I really do, that you have power to understand how much God loves you that it would be like waves and waves of love. Just when you think you understand it, you've got your head around just how much God loves you, another wave comes. That was Paul's prayer for that church. And it's the prayer that I pray for you, I pray for myself. Because when we live with that, it's a life changer. Your prayers change when you know just how much God loves you. And when his power dwells within you, your prayers just aren't keep me safe today, God. Thank you for the food we eat. Amen. You pray big prayers. Not only help me pay the bills this month, God, but God help me. Not only to pay the bills, but help me to be more generous. Open the doors for me. I want to be more generous. Give me opportunities to do that. In the midst of my health situation, allow me to be used by you. Even in the midst of the struggle of this, I pray in your name. Even in the battle of my own marriage, I want to be bolder for you wherever and however that is. Big prayers, specific prayers. You believe in God who says all things are possible with me. Your faith grows and grows. Paul wraps this up by saying that you may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. The full measure of, that God has for you. It's a bit like an anthem as he finishes here, but he says, Now to him, now to Christ who is able to do, how much? All right, you're with me. Immeasurably more. In a sense, you cannot even measure how much. As much as you want to dream or imagine that God can do, he can do so much more. But it's still okay to imagine. It's still okay to dream what you can do. But God can do even more. 
for his kingdom. According to his power that is at work within us. His power, not your power, his power. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could we, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church. The church that he loves. He loves this church. He loves this church. The bride of Christ and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What a prayer. It's not a help me through this day prayer. But it's a prayer. May lives be changed through your power. Because I believe, Paul believed that, God, you can do exceedingly more than I can ever ask. He had that kind of faith. There are some of you in here, you sit in here, and you have that type of faith. Ever forward, allow more waves to come in of his love. But maybe for some of us, you need bigger faith. You need deeper faith. You need faith. You need to allow yourself to be opened up to God's love. I believe big things, bigger things for God can be done through you, through his church here. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for you. May we follow Paul's prayer. May we seek after God. How deep his love is through his power. Let's pray together. God, we truly believe that you can do immeasurably more than we can ever imagine according to your incredible power. This is the power that raised your son from the dead. Such is your power. But it's that power that you offer to work within us. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would minister to people today. And God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, they may strengthen your church with your power. That the Christ, you would dwell in their hearts. I just want to give you a moment or two, uh, just in the silence. And in just a minute, the, the musos will just start up. But just in the silence, just for the minute right now, there might be something that you've even maybe held back from God in prayer that you think, well, that's not worth bringing to God or that's too big to bring to him. I, I want to give you that opportunity now to be really specific to God in prayer. Or, or maybe it's this, God, I, want, I need to search after your love. I want to embrace your love. I want to seek after it. I want to be filled more by it. I want to give you those opportunities just in these few minutes now to be able to pray that prayer. And in a moment or two, the guitar's going to start up and then I'm going to close in prayer.
Father, I pray that we would begin to see the reality of your power in our daily lives. God, I pray for those that we love, those even that we struggle with, that they would have the power to know how much you love them. I pray, God, that we we would see a difference in the lives of people that we love because you are revealing your supernatural love to them. I pray, pray that there would be people within this church who would have a deeper, meaningful, spiritual encounters with you, our holy God. That each of us would proclaim to be Jesus' followers, that we would seek to dwell in your presence and we would dwell more often. So now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, according to his power, His power that is at work within us. To you, God, may you be glorified. May we as individuals and me, we as a church, always have you at the centre of our lives. For we want you glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen.